what we're trying to do, we're in vision and values number three. Um, you may remember Andrew talked about our identity in Christ uh, last, uh, last time we were together. And previously before that, Paul talked about the whole vision of what we were trying to do in one church and uh, four venues. What I'm going to be talking tonight is about making disciples filled with the Holy Spirit and walking in partnership with him. And we're sort of going through basically some of the sort of foundations on which the church is based. We're not, as it were, laying new foundations for Bexhill. We are one church with four venues, but we want to just kind of re-express together some of those foundational values uh, that we're building on. And of course, you know, with um, myself as part of the team here, something of what I and will come out in the way that we build church here. And so I'll just kind of weave in today a little bit of my own personal story. I'm slightly nervous in doing that. I've got Sarah and Jenny here who um, know me for at least 30 years and uh, we've been together in church life. So um, they might actually um, put their hand up or start shouting if I say something that um, they don't think is true. But anyway, hopefully, uh, hopefully they'll be with me. Um, for those of, of you who are in, in Kings in Hastings on Sunday, um, Paul was talking from Acts 19 and talking about four of the ingredients for building healthy church. He talked about a church birthed in the Holy Spirit and empowered by him. Hearing, understanding and applying the Bible. Overflowing with the gospel to those around. And inclusive of everyone. And they are all obviously good and essential ingredients of building a healthy church and it's important tonight I think as we focus on the Holy Spirit as we focus on one aspect of that that we realize this is actually only one ingredient of the many ingredients that go to making up a healthy church and often for me if I talk about our church what I talk about a church of the word and the spirit a church that is completely built on the word of God but is also full of the Holy Spirit and knowing his direction and leading. And it's that's the balance that we as, as elders seek to maintain within the church and the balance we want to bring as we come to Bexhill. We want to know the, the church in Bexhill. We want that to know the power of God working through his spirit within us, a church that's thoroughly charismatic. And I thought, now, what does that actually mean? And I had kind of four little headings that I thought summed up to me what it meant for a church to be working and walking in that way. First, I thought we need to look for and expect the leading of the Holy Spirit for every step of the journey. We're in the early steps of building church here in Bexhill. We need the Holy Spirit's leading and his direction on each step that we take together. We expect to experience the Holy Spirit's presence each time we meet together, both as a congregation, as small groups, maybe even as individuals having a cup of coffee together. You know, the Holy Spirit can become as, pre as present in those situations as in the bigger meetings, but we expect and we look for the Holy Spirit's presence each time we're together. Each person, each of us, is helped to experience the Holy Spirit's presence on a daily basis, minute by minute, hour by hour, to know the Holy Spirit walking with us through each step of our lives. And finally, as we reach out with the gospel, we expect the Holy Spirit to guide us. The Bible tells us that signs and wonders will accompany our message, and I'm hungry to see more of that in my life and in the way that I reach out. 
So how did I become convinced of this? Um, my story really, I was um, saved at around 11. I was at um, a crusader camp. Some of you know crusaders, it's sort of thoroughly biblical sort of young people's organisation. And um, I came from a home that was kind of nominal, you know, we're, we're English, we're Church of England, so we're Christians, aren't we, you know? And kind of that was how I was brought up. And um, my parents would say, well, you know, yeah, religion, that's okay, as long as you don't have too much of it, as long as you don't get too fanatical about it. Um, certainly, as long as you don't get emotional. Um, stiff upper lip, I think, was always um, what prevailed in our household. And um, that's kind of where I, I started my journey, really. Um, in, when I was 11, what was that? That was, I was 55, I was born 66, so the mid-60s. Um, I was busy in Church of England Church, Baptist Church, Brethren, Crusader groups. But I don't think any of them at that time were seeking any kind of active engagement with the Holy Spirit. They were good, solid people of the word. They recognised we were in a spiritual battle um, and that, you know, we would fight that with the truth of the word, which, of course, is a very good weapon and I wouldn't ever say anything against that, but not recognising that actually the Holy Spirit was a person to be engaged with, a person who wanted to come and dwell and uh, be part of our everyday lives. In the 70s, I went to university. I'll be forever grateful, actually, that Crusaders joined me up with a group of Christians when I went to university. I kind of, you know, I'm the sort of person I'm sure who could easily fall into the wrong kind of company. But right from day one, there was someone banging on my door saying, oh, I'm the Christian in your hall. We're doing this meeting next week. Why don't you come along? And I'm forever grateful, actually, that they did that for me. Um, my dear wife was there and a few others and we were kind of all introduced to each other and I started to see I think a sort of new sort of expression of Christianity that I hadn't seen before and um, for me it was while I was at university I was uh, baptised in water and at the same time actually or actually the night before I think um, baptised in the Holy Spirit for the first time and made my sort of first steps of speaking in tongues and working out what it meant for me to have the Holy Spirit's empowering me on a daily basis. Um, quite a controversial thing in my household. My parents happened to be visiting that day and uh, well this is just a bit of the humour really but oh you know I had an awful lot of trouble while Lorraine remembers with my uh, my parents and to be fair you know they come down just to visit them and I said oh why don't you come to church with us today and oh by the way I'm going to get fully immersed and uh, you know well we sprinkled you as a baby wasn't that enough you know anyway it was good fun but Actually, it's kind of, I don't know, a little bit of my journey is, I think, pulling away from kind of family kind of structures and, and roots. And, you know, I, I, I don't like that word in the Bible. It talks about hating your mother and father. But I think I do understand what it means to actually say, no, I'm following God, you know. And actually, you know, that may mean stepping away from your um, family structures in some place. Sorry, I didn't actually know I was going to say that really or <laughs> Anyway, in the late 70s, so after university, uh, we started going spring harvest, that sort of thing, seeing that there was something more happening in the nation, um, something that we could experience when we went away for a week, but somehow not quite knowing actually how we brought that into the church that we were part of. You know, we were in at that time in a good, solid sort of Baptist church, but actually, you know, the Holy Spirit coming in was not really something they were very open to. A few of us maybe were raising our hands at that time, but not able to do very much more than that. We came to Sussex in around 1983. Um, 
Sarah met, met us, I think, on our first Sunday in Northern. Sorry, Sarah, but uh, she did. Um, 1983, I think, was. was. Anyway, my wife, oh, okay, my wife says 84, but anyway, somewhere around there. Um, but we started going to the Anglican Church, and we were really surprised when we turned up that actually the vicar at the Anglican Church was a spirit-filled guy really trying to take the church on into things of the spirit. He was quite linked to Colin Urquhart, I think it's called Colin Urquhart people uh, around here, and um, so we were going to faith camps at that time. And, and actually, you know, kind of surprisingly, the interesting thing was my parents were in the same church and they couldn't quite understand how we were enjoying Church of England Church more than they were enjoying Church of England Church at that time. But um, it was part of our journey, I think. And um, so we, we were part of the Northium Church for a while. Um, just started to see, yeah, more openness to the Holy Spirit, prophetically listening to his voice, praying for healing, trying to work it out best we could in the church setting there few changes at the church there and then in the late 80s we came to be part of Kings here um, and I guess that was kind of a whole new experience for us of church full of the Holy Spirit um, and I, you know I think as we've been part of the church here as we've pushed into the things of the Spirit it's transformed our kind of understanding of what it is to be living the Christian life. For me it's still I'm kind of an analytical engineer particularly emotional character with a sort of background it's still always a struggle in a sense you know you're always I think contending and pushing in for the things of the spirit but I love those verses in Romans chapter 8 where it talks about life in the spirit and what does verse 5 say those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit it's a completely different way of thinking he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. You have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba Father, that spirit's work in my life, I know that now. The spirit himself bears witness that our spirit, that we are children of God. And I remember reading that verse, we lived in India for a little while, and just reading that verse one morning, and I just felt, just came to me afresh, the spirit bears witness with my spirit, with our spirit, that we are children of God. And I think what I've done over the years is I've learnt to experience that and trust that. You know, I think coming from the background I came from, you know, it's taken a while and it's still a journey really, but learning to trust the emotional response that the, the Spirit draws out of me, that I can, and a phrase that I quite like, experience my theology. You know, I can experience what it is to be a son of God. I can know that the Spirit cries in my heart, Abba, Father. And I love too those times that the, um, God speaks through his Holy Spirit, you know, those direct words, you know, and sometimes, you know, it just comes, just picks someone out with just that word of encouragement, word of direction. Even Laurie was just saying, I think it was last week, she was talking to someone, I just, oh, I just, do you have trouble sleeping? And straight away, it opened up the whole sort of uh, area of ministry with this, with this young woman. Isn't it lovely how the Holy Spirit just comes sometimes and just um, speaks into us and we actually can then move on from that. First, Paul said uh, on, on Sunday, was from Galatians chapter 5, having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected in the flesh? And no, 
we've begun in the spirit we will grow and develop and go in on in him and it is now my absolute conviction that that is going to be a key foundation of how we build church it's shared with paul and it's something we often talk about and contend for as a church that no actually we want to be pushing in to see more and more of what god wants to do through us through us together within the church and opening ourselves up for that and so if i go to go back to my kind of four key points we look and expect the leading of the holy spirit in every step of the journey together exodus 13 says and the lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light that they might travel by day and night the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from before the people and then exodus 33 this moses said my uh, he said god said my presence will go with you and i will give you rest and he moses said to him if your presence will not go with me do not bring us up from here for how shall it be known that i have found favor in your sight i and your people is it not in your going with us so that we are distinct i and your people from any other people on the face of the earth prophetic words will continue to lead us as we move through Bex Hill. We will be looking for that. We'll be responding to that. And part of the reason, even that we are actually now saying, no, we believe now is the time to push ahead with a venue here in Bex Hill, is because of the prophetic impetus that we've received. We'll continue to value prophecy in all we do. We'll continue, of course, to weigh it, to recognise that some prophetic words can be more significant than others but always open to that prophetic voice. Remember Claire Lockwood had a, a verse for us, I think not last time the time we, we met a prophetic word that came about a rock face with hands holds marked out across it that God had let out before. And for me, I found that so encouraging as I've just thought about what it is that we're doing here, building church. Now actually we respond to that prophetic word. We reach out for the next handhold, knowing that God has got the next one for us. We move across that rock face little by little as God leads, as he shows us the handholds that he's already put in place. As we investigate venues, as Andrew said, we expect that the Holy Spirit will guide us. And we know that that will be in all sorts of ways. It'll be something to do with how much they want to charge us. Um, it'll be something about um, where it is, but it'll also be a sense of, no, this is actually the place that I've appointed for you. This is the place where you're going to find favour. And we're looking for that. Secondly, then, we expect to experience the Holy Spirit's presence each time we meet, both as a congregation, small groups, and when we meet in other sectings. 1 Corinthians 14 says, What then, brothers, when you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue or an interpretation. <clears throat> let all things be done. Will you give me a glass of water? Eh? And let all be done, things done for building up. If any speak in a tongue, let there be only two or three at most, at two or at most three, and each in turn, and let someone interpret. But if there is no one to interpret, let each one of them keep silent in church and speak to himself and to God. And it's the way we try to use spiritual gifts uh, within kings at the moment, and we will continue to do that. At the, thank you. <clears throat> 
I had for me one of the most beautiful examples of tongues interpretations just at the recent prayer meeting actually um, we were worshipping together and um, then there was uh, a tongue came and then uh, one of the young guys had an interpretation it was just about um, it was taking that picture of Mary anointing uh, Jesus's feet with oil and it was saying there is no precious oil good enough to anoint Jesus' feet. Nothing that is perfect enough, nothing that is valuable enough to, work, to anoint his feet. No sacrifice that we could offer that is worthy of him. And yet, we're invited to come and to bring our worship. And, you know, it's just a kind of dimension of thinking and a, a way it just opened up for me that I thought was so beautiful and probably the best, you know, kind of most helpful example to me of that, that gift. And for me, as a kind of linear, you know, unimaginative thinking sort of person. Just so lovely to have those words coming in and, and lifting, lifting my understanding of what it meant to bring my worship to God. I love it when we have words of knowledge, when we're together, you know, particularly around healing, seeing the, just the response of faith that that brings in people and then seeing people come forward in response and healing following that just so lovely to see how God actually tenderly touches people in that way and so we will contend for that we will make sure that as we meet together we have an openness to the spiritual grace we'll be encouraging and stirring up one another to bring gifts out it's great that you know already we start to hear um, some of the the people sorry Mike and Helen and you are amongst us but actually able speaking out and encouraging us and bringing spiritual gifts to us thirdly then each person is helped to experience the Holy Spirit's presence with them on a daily basis minute by minute hour by hour what does Luke 11 say if you are then are evil now, if you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your father, children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The Bible promises, doesn't it, the Holy Spirit is available to all. Being thirsty is the only criteria. I know for myself, just kind of working in some of the pastoral situations that we face on a daily basis, the solution these days is very often before me, beyond me. How do I bring help to this person in a specific station? What godly wisdom can I bring? And the only way I can have any confidence in functioning in that is to know the Holy Spirit's leading, to be confident that actually, no, he will be leading me, he will be guiding me, he will be speaking uh, through me. Romans 8 says, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. <laughs> we do not know what to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. The Spirit himself intercedes with us for groanings too deep for words and I don't know if that's your experience but I find that so helpful you know when we're praying for people looking for breakthrough in God we often get to the end of our own words don't we get to the end of our own um, understanding but actually we can pray in tongues we can ask for the Holy Spirit's intervention we can pray beyond our own understanding Romans 8 again 
You did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. And I think, again, that revelation of just the Father heart of God to us, that gentle Father, that Father who is always for us, is probably one of the kind of key things that really, I believe, God has sort of opened up to me over the last couple of years. But it talks about we didn't receive a spirit of flavor, slavery to fall back into fear. And fear comes to us in many ways, doesn't it? We had a, a funeral um, today, you know, and often when we think about death, when we think about illness, whether it's the loss of a partner or finance, you know, fear can come in. But the Bible tells us that perfect love casts out fear. We don't need to have a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear but the Holy Spirit lifts us out of that. As I said, the key, the verse 16 of Romans 8, the Spirit witnesses with our spirit, that prompting that we can trust. As the Holy Spirit draws out from me a shout of praise, of worship, of devotion to my God, I can savour that. His Spirit witnessing to my spirit that I'm a child of God. It's something we want to experience, read, every time we come together in worship, isn't it? That our spirits commune with his spirit. And then, of course, we need the Holy Spirit to help us to live the kind of holy life that God is calling us to. Galatians 5 says, Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Later on, for the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step by the, with the Spirit, strengthened by him not to give in to sen sinful temptation, enabled by him to live that holy life that God calls us to with the fruit of the Spirit being birthed and matured in our lives. God wants to walk with us on a daily basis, helping us to live that kind of life of holiness that he calls us to. And then finally, my fourth point, as we reach out with the gospel, we expect the Holy Spirit to guide us and for signs and wonders to accompany our message. Jesus in John 14 said, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. So it's amazing, isn't it, that Jesus said it was better that he went away because he was going to spend the Holy Spirit to us. But it's, we know it's because the Holy Spirit then within, within inside us is that ever-present sense of God as part of us, enabling us and empowering us, operating through us. And I know, you know, for all of us, I'm sure there's kind of baffling things. You know, why is it when I pray for that person, they don't get healed? And that one, it does, they, it does happen. And, you know, what's going on? Many questions we don't know. But actually, my belief is that God wants to heal. God is able to heal. And as long as I have the opportunity, I'm going to keep pressing in to see more healing coming in the situations where God places me.
Mark 16 says, and these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up serpents with their hands, and if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will land their hands on the sick and they will recover. We're called to live supernaturally enabled lives in the power of the Spirit. Sometimes that will be on display in some of these more spectacular ways. I must admit I've never tried myself uh, picking up serpents with my hands, but, um, you know, yeah, probably, Steve, you might be brave enough for it. But, um, but I know myself, you know, I, I often think of God protecting me from the unseen dangers. You know, I kind of, as you go through a day, you think, now, what did you save me from, God, that I was never even aware of? And... Um, I don't know, particularly I, I sort of go to and sort of some of the remote areas of North India for, for time, from time to time, areas where Christian missionaries have been martyred in the past. And there my faith is not in the security systems of the police uh, force of India, heaven help me, um, that tried to keep law and order, but in the God who is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the God who watches over me and does protect me. Um, from those uh, unseen dangers as we go through. So just some of the ways that I believe that as we build church together, we want to invite the Holy Spirit to meet amongst us. We want to be uh, and encouraging one another, building one another up, that the Holy Spirit will be a reality to each of us every time we meet, as we walk through our days, and as we reach out to the people of Pex Hill. And it's as we do that, I believe, that actually God will give us favour and we will see our progress made. So just one of the kind of foundational values that um, we will look to build on as we go forward.